0: Welcome to eAssist, Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Tune in as the experts in dental business share tips and tools to grow your practice. To learn more, visit dentalbilling.com. Please welcome our next guest.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Growing Your Dental Business Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. This is our first podcast of 2024, and it is my pleasure to welcome Lisa Copeland from Park City, Utah. Today we're going to discuss how different generations influence dental dynamics which I think is going to be a really fun topic. Lisa is well known for her expertise with dental team communication and she is the CEO of Communicate with Influence. She has held multiple roles within dental teams and she is which has helped her relate to challenges and triumphs Now that she has become a dental coach, and she's been a dental coach for a while now, I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about that in a second. She is a Gen X professional and understands what it means to work one-on-one with different generations, whether it's patients or team members. She focuses on the right generational language. So I love that. Some fun facts about Lisa are: um, Halloween is her favorite holiday, and she actually was married on October 31st, so I can see why that would be her favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. He is. <laughs> um, she was. She's practiced dental hygiene for 30 years. She lived in Singapore for six years, Seattle for 20, and then recently moved to Park City. And this is really cool. She competed and finished two Ironman events, which. That is so impressive, Lisa. It takes a lot of drive and a lot of stamina to complete those. So great job!
0: Yeah, I don't know if it takes a lot of stupidity, also. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are so funny. But I'm well, stubborn. <laughs> you must have loved it because I just know once you get into that groove, that you just kind of eat, sleep, drink. I'm going to get better. I'm going to do this again. That kind of you know that yep. mentality. That's great. Well, I am so excited to have you on our podcast today. Thank you for being here, Lisa. Thanks for the invitation. I'm really excited to be here. Good. So, I love to hear about how consultants, especially, got into dentistry. Tell me a little bit about how you kind of got into dentistry to begin with.
0: So, I started as a hygienist back in the '80s. Out um, of hygiene school, I worked for a periodontist. Hardest thing I ever did. Uh, Definitely the best thing I ever did also. And um, after a year, I, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. A lot of people know where that is because of the office.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. where my
0: first job was with, the, with this periodontist. And then I moved to Washington, D.C., and I started working in uh, prosthodontics, the implant prosthodontic aspect, okay. which had just come into the United States in the 80s. Actually, the dentist that I was working for, brought the implant technique from Sweden into the U.S.
1: Oh, that's
0: And awesome. so it was, I had no idea what I was getting into and it was at the right place, the right time, right? And he was lecturing uh, around the world with a dental implant company to educate dentists on, on implants and how to do them and what they, what they were all about. Wow. And he said to our team, I need people to come with me to travel the world and talk about your individual expertise. And so a hygienist, an office manager, and an assistant. So we all went and traveled with him and taught each department about dental implants. So it was such a cool way to start my career. And I, I've always paralleled my clinical career and um, speaking. So I've worked in several different corporations. Uh, as a speaker for the corporations and spun off into my own business. I retired from clinical hygiene uh, several years ago when I was still in Seattle. And when I moved to Park City, I rebranded and just restructured really what I wanted to hone in on it, uh, as far as consulting and coaching wow. and the generational aspect. A lot of that comes from my parents were traditionalists. And most of my friends' parents were baby boomers. So there was a 20 year spread between my parents and their friends or my friends' parents. And I noticed very young how different the, um, just the way we were raised, right? So it was kind of something that I grew up with. And then I started seeing it once I got into dentistry, I started seeing such a, a vast difference in the way you should communicate with different people of different generations.
1: That's wonderful. So you started speaking really at a pretty young age because mm-hmm. of the dentist you worked for. And so it just made it just kind of a really easy transition to start your own business, continue speaking. Um, now you speak, you know, nationally, internationally you speak wherever. Mm-hmm. And what a great, what a great way to start. I had no idea that was where you, your story came from. And to think about your expertise when it comes to implants and and other aspects of the you know the dental team i mean i know you focus on generational dental mm-hmm. teams and generational patients and all of that but you really bring an entire impactful um kind of an entire aura with you kind of a whole portfolio really of what yeah you practices with
0: yes because i've held uh, every position with the dentist pretty much in dentistry and so i because of working in singapore i couldn't practice as a hygienist there and so I worked as an office manager. I worked as an assistant. So I, I can bring it all to the table and relate to each department
1: from having, you know, experience walked in their shoes. Sure, sure. That's amazing. So let's focus on what your specialty is. Why do you think dental practices need to recognize and embrace generational differences when it comes to their team and their patients?
0: We have four generations working in the, in the workforce right now, and we have uh, six generations of patients that we could possibly be seeing. Uh, for the workforce, let's talk about that first. For our team members, we have baby boomers, we have Gen X, we have Gen Y, they're also known as the millennials, and we have Gen Z. They are the workforce coming into, um, into our teams now, and they all have different perspectives right? They all have different values. They all have different preferences. And so we have to understand where they came from. And then the way that people get categorized in a cohort is the date, number one, that's what they use for research. But that's also the events that occurred in their formative years, meaning they have to be old enough to remember it. And that is really what develops why we are like we are. And so, for example, Gen Z, which is the, the generation or the cohort coming into the workforce now, they were bookend with the Great Recession and COVID. And those were their impacting events and it changes the way we view things. You're very different before the event and after the event if you remember it, if you're at an age where you remember it, it impacts the way you move through life moving forward. And so we have to understand and respect each generation why they are like they are and speak the right generational language you know they they we all expect people to accommodate us and that's what we need to do is accommodate other people
1: yeah I think I completely understand I've worked in the workplace with different generations and they all do have different priorities especially when I, and I notice different work ethics But yet at the same time, even though we're different, we all want to feel valued and we all want to enjoy our work environment. So I can understand exactly why you're saying it's important to recognize and to respect the different generations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. So how does a practice become generationally perceptive? So what, especially like, so we talked about maybe working with team members. What about when it comes to patient care?
0: So, with patient care, um, you're going to learn the same things about generations, you know, what their communication preferences are, what their values are. And so, once you learn the core information about a generation, you can apply it to interacting with them. So, let's say um, we're delivering a treatment plan for a baby boomer. Okay. A baby boomer wants a lot of detail, they want uninterrupted time, they want You to take your time no interruptions um, and to be able to answer questions even after the appointment they want a lot of detailed information and it's very different than a gen x which is the generation below them a gen x just wants is a a linear um, view of what the treatment options are what the costs are and which treatment is best for them And, and they don't want that relationship building they want the facts Right, And so if you know that, present the information to the patient as they are expecting it to
1: be. Right. That makes sense. I love those examples. I think those are really great examples, especially when it comes to patient care, because it's different. And, you, and as long as you recognize that up front, then you know how to offer patient care for each patient mm-hmm. differently.
0: Yeah, you get you will get a much better return on investment when you're recommending products to a patient. You know, focus on certain things that that are appealing to that generation, yeah. right? For a Gen X or a, a Gen Y, um, you or so, yeah, well, Gen X, Gen Y, and Gen Z, the the lower or the younger generations, they focus on technology, right? And with the Gen Zs. They're digital natives. They want technology in the products that we're recommending and also in the offices that they're working in or as a patient, they want that technology as well.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I think this is something that most caregivers many times don't really think about. Mm-hmm. They kind of have their standard procedure of how they offer a treatment, how they go through the process, how they follow up, and they don't really even look at the generational differences. Don't you think that's kind of true?
0: Yes, yeah, I think because people don't
1: understand how to, how to tweak or
0: change the way that they're presenting things. Um, and I, I have all kinds of blogs on generational information on my website. You can certainly peruse around those and find some. My, the, my latest one actually focuses on how to present um, treatment and also how to present products to the different generations. And I, and I categorize it into all four generations.
1: Well, that's amazing. That's, that's great information. Like I find this conversation just kind of so interesting and you kind of are like a specialist in all of this. Like you can just (laughs) rattle off about each generation, just, just in conversation. And I love that, you know, all of the details about each generation, because I think it's really fun and really interesting. So do you feel like we're moving into a more people centric culture, Again, I feel like back in the day it was more people centric and then it changed a little bit. Do you feel like we're moving back into a people centric culture right now? Definitely.
0: Yeah, I think we went product centric for many years and uh, people are they're looking for an emotional connection now and they they are they want to be able to trust their primary care providers or their dentist. Um, especially when it comes to insurance. For some reason, there's a lot of distrust when we have a conversation in dentistry about insurance, but that people-centric factor, and that goes for the team members as well. Everybody wants to be uh, expressed or shown appreciation. Um, They want to feel very valued. They want to feel heard. And your patients are in the same boat. So we're definitely going back to a people-centric, which I love.
1: Yeah, me too. I love it too. I'm a people person and, and I just love, I just think everyone has a story and there's just something unique about everyone's story. And I just love to listen to people's story, just like listening to you today, tell how you got into dentistry. I'm just like, whoa, how come I didn't know that? I've, you and I've spoken how many times and I didn't know that you <laughs> became a speaker when it came to implants at such a young age. And so I'm surprised I didn't know that because I do love people and I love to listen to their stories so that
0: you are such a good conversationalist too. Aww. You're so fun to talk with. So oh,
1: you're so sweet. Well, that that's, that's kind, that's kind. Um, So one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about, and I don't know if you include generational um, conversations in your book, but you have a book mm-hmm. um, that you've written. What so I'm interested in learning a little bit more about that. It is called. Oh, can you see it? Oh no, can't see it. I you disappeared. I guess we can't look at you. Okay,
0: body. we tried.
1: Okay. It was the only way we
0: could figure out how to do it. It's called oh, Iron Out Your Communications, and it's based on um, it's based on my experience as competing as an Ironman. So I took the acronym of Ironman and I translated it into things that I learned that I could apply to dentistry from doing an Ironman. And how can we, it's really helping prepare your team to have a much more fulfilling career. And I've incorporated a lot of activity ideas that you can do at your team meetings to get more engagement and to build relationships on a different level than just that professional relationship within the team, right? We've got to learn to say please and thank you more and and express appreciation more. And so the book is really based on um, helping people achieve their their best career.
1: That's wonderful. I feel like anymore people are kind of just looking for a a job. It's like it's not like they really want to build a career. And I feel like trick, the first step is trying to find the right fit for your organization so that you are finding people that want to build a career. But, I love that the name of your book is iron out your communications, because that goes right along with your iron man that you've done. And sounds like you really did learn a lot. And um, what's the, uh, the other line is simple steps to success dental team and loyal patients. So you also find a way to have them be more patient centric, probably relationship oriented too. Very
0: much so. Yes. good.
1: Good, good, good. I love that. So, what is it that motivates you to keep helping Dennis? I didn't really tell you, I was gonna ask you this question, but I got thinking, you know, this is a really good question for consultants. And because then they really think, you know, why is it that I do what I do? Why do I wanna make a difference for Dennis and their teams? Uh, for me, it's, it's being able to help people achieve, practice growth, practice retention,
0: practice attraction. Um, It's really just for me to be able to walk away from working with a practice and see that they're embracing the information and and using it and working with it. And that in turn is contributing to practice growth for them. So it's very, very satisfying for me knowing that I can help them improve on the relationships of the team
1: and the patients
0: and, and even their referring doctors.
1: Yeah, I think that's great, because you've probably got all generations of referring doctors, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's great. So do you have anything else that you want to share today before we wrap it up? Is there anything else that you can think of that we haven't had a chance to talk about when it comes to generational care?
0: So I wanted to offer everyone, um, it's a chart that I've created for the four generations and how to communicate on different levels. Um, It has, you know, how they perceive their work and how they how they prefer to be communicated with. And so I wanted to offer that to anyone that that views it. And we can actually put that in the chat or in the notes of the of the podcast.
1: I would love to do that.
0: And it it gives you what we used to do with this chart is um, we would hang it on the inside of our sterilization door so nobody could see it unless you opened the door. But we would um, if we were going to have a conversation with the patient or with a team member and and we needed a different approach because we knew we were of different generations, we would go in and look at this chart and figure out, oh, okay. Um, She's a baby boomer. She wants to have a chat and have established a relationship first, and then we can talk business or she's a Gen X. She wants down and dirty, get to the details and then we can socialize. Right. And so each generation has a different preference of communication. Um, Gen Y are the millennials. They like um, email or instant messaging. I'm sorry, text or instant messaging. Yeah. And then our Gen Z, the youngest generation, it's interesting, it's kind of come around full circle. They like to have um, texting, but they also like face-to-face because they crave that interaction. They're digital natives. They've never known life without um, without technology. And yeah. so they do crave that social interaction. So it's very interesting. So I'll, I'm happy to offer that to everyone. Um, the link will be in the in the
1: chat and if you have any questions about it, please feel free to ask. Wonderful. Yeah, I will definitely put that in the show notes. And you know, Lisa, your website is um, communicatewithinfluence.org. Correct. Correct. So I will also put that in the chat in case anyone wants to explore opportunities working with Lisa. If you feel like you have a generational gap when it comes to your your patients or when it comes to your team members, and you just want to find better ways to communicate, maybe offer rewards or just a lot of different things when it comes to your team members. I think she's a specialist when it comes to generational discussions, generational conversations. I'm excited to, to offer her to you today. Hopefully you can find her website, communicatewithinfluence.org. And she said she has, she writes a blog. There's probably a lot of articles on there that might be really helpful Mm -hmm. too, it sounds like. So That sounds amazing. Well, I appreciate everyone being here today. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Lisa, before we wrap it up?
0: I think we're good. Or maybe just, um, you know, learn about yourself as a generation first, and then apply it to the other generations. You have to understand yourself and how you're perceived before you can apply it to
1: the other generations. Oh, I think that's great advice. Great advice. Because I feel like I'm right in between a couple generations. So it's kind of tricky. Sometimes I think, oh, maybe I am a baby boomer. But other times I think, oh, maybe I'm the next generation down. So
0: that's called a cusper.
1: A cusper?
0: I'm a cusper also. There's
1: a name for that?
0: Yes, (laughs) you are.
1: You probably are a cusper. If you're three to
0: five years on either side of a generation, you you have a great advantage because you are more empathetic to the generations on either side and you understand them better as well so being a cusper is a good thing oh, i am one too
1: <laughs> i love it see i see everyone i told you she was an expert at this she knows what she's talking about so reach out to lisa we'd love it thanks for joining us today we're excited to um have our first podcast for the year and we'll see you guys next time bye-bye
0: the purpose of this podcast is to interview the consultants within our eAssist consultant network this podcast is for informational purposes only For more details, please visit the homepage of this podcast platform at dentalbilling.com. Thanks for listening.